1: They were just, just one big happy family. Now, Yeah, they had some bumps, right? The widow's being neglected, but they worked it out like a champ. The Holy Spirit guided them. They, you know, appointed the deacons. Everything's wonderful. They had a good life there. They had good jobs. I mean, I can't just uproot my children and take them halfway across the world. I've really, you know, I mean, I've worked hard to get to where I am in this business. You know, we can be so unbelievably short-sighted.
0: What would be the extent that you would go, to do something that you love and are passionate about. Would you go across the world to a foreign country with a language unknown? Today, Pastor Robert expresses the relentless pursuit of Jesus and what that can look like for those who claim him as their Lord. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts, chapter 1, as he continues his message, The Cost of the Gospel.
1: In Acts, chapter 1, beginning at verse 4, we read, Being assembled together with them, he, talking about Jesus, Commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now when he spoke in these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. It was the last prophecy, the last promise, the last prophecy that he gave them, that they were going to spread his gospel all over the world in the power of the Holy Spirit, that they were going to be immersed, overflowed, baptized with the Holy Spirit for the purpose of going with the gospel. So the missionary movement was now thrust upon them by the intense persecution that ramped up suddenly in Jerusalem. Listen, do you understand how quickly this happened? The persecution, I mean, from literally from one day to the next, it became unacceptable to be a follower of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem. Do you understand? Literally from one day to the next, it will become unacceptable to be a follower of Jesus Christ in the United States of America. We're almost there. Twenty years ago, I told a lady down in South Beach we were making a donation to her organization, which assisted elderly people. And she's like, "Who are you? Who are you anyway? I mean, why are you? Why do you, why do you guys want to make this donation? What, what are you about?" And I said, "Oh, we're just a little Christian church. We believe that the Bible is God's authoritative guidebook for us." Manual, she looked at me and said, Well, I guess that about says it all. Clearly insinuating that I was a complete fruitcake because I believe the Bible. That was 20 years ago. Actually, a little more than 20 years ago. Listen to me. I've said this before. The issue is not gay marriage, the issue is not abortion, the issue is not socialism versus capitalism the issue is the bible the bible is it god's word or is it just an antiquated bunch of if you think it's god's word and authoritative you're going to have a real problem in this country in just a few years just like they did just like they did in jerusalem these people were were forced to get out of town. Now, it made me wonder. Think about this with me for just a second. I mean, I wonder if maybe God had already been whispering to a few of them. You know, he does that. He'll just kind of whisper. You get this kind of sense that maybe, maybe it's time for you to move. Maybe you shouldn't give your entire life to this career that you've embarked upon. Maybe God has a bigger plan for you. Maybe God has something different. I wonder if God had been whispering to some of them that they needed to move out of Jerusalem and take the gospel over to Jericho or down to Lydda or Joppa. But they were so comfortable in Jerusalem. You realize how comfortable they were in Jerusalem at this point in history? I mean, they had, if you remember... Many of them, if not all of them, had sold everything and they put it all into a common treasury. They were taking care of everybody. They were just just one big happy family. Now, yeah, they had some bumps, right? The widow's being neglected, but they worked it out like a champ. The Holy Spirit guided them. They, you know, appointed the deacons. Everything's wonderful. They had a good life there. They had good jobs. I mean, I can't just uproot my children and take them halfway across the world. I've really, you know, I've I've worked hard to get to where I am in this business, You know, we can be so unbelievably short-sighted, settling for temporary comforts when eternal treasures are being offered to us. Absolutely. And I was reminded of some old friends who brought their small children along on a month-long mission trip I led into Panama. It was 1989. We spent a month down there, and we worked in the city. We worked in the low jungle. We worked with, you know, in an Indian village, and the lady who was responsible for cooking our meals had like a total meltdown because when she's like, where am I supposed to cook? And, you know, the the lady who was helping us, letting us use the hut, kind of pointed to this low spot in this giant pot, you know. But we had families with us. The first century church in Jerusalem was forcibly scattered because of the growing persecution. But God used that to bless them and to spread the gospel and plant churches all over the world. One of those first churches... Was started by another standout from among those seven deacons that we read about in chapter six. Going back to Acts chapter eight, verse five says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, "'This man is the great power of God.'" And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip.'" And was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now this man, Simon, he's described here literally as a a mega magician or a mega sorcerer. I mean, they believed he was just the whole deal, right? The people of Samaria thought him to be truly powerful. But Simon himself knew better. And when Philip began casting out demons and people started being miraculously healed, even Simon recognized that the power of God was working through Stephen's ministry. Now, it's, it's super important to remember that the power wasn't Stevens. One of the things that I see happening, and it's a subtle little thing, but it's critically important, God does not give to people the power to do whatever they want, whenever they want. The Bible is very clear that the Spirit does what he wants when he wants and we get to be a part of that, and we can absolutely be a part of that. But this wasn't Stephen's power. You know, we we often tend to foolishly credit the instrument through whom God chooses to express himself. When God is the one who should be exalted and credited, always. The Holy Spirit was the one who was acting to confirm the message of the gospel that Philip was preaching.